We believe in growth and continuous learning. We believe in educating and sharing knowledge. We believe the body is miraculous and is able to heal with the proper nutrition and support. And we believe the right mindset is key to your success. I'm Amanda Golightly. And I'm Kate McDowell. And this is Limitless Health. Live well naturally. Hello and welcome to this week's show. Are you struggling with memory? Are you having brain glitches? Uh, fatigue? Are you really tired? Are you, are you dealing with extreme anxiety? Well, if you're dealing with any of these things, you could be more impacted by stress as well. Feeling sad all the time, forgetfulness. This all comes into play around brain health. And that's what we're going to discuss today on the show. So what can impact brain health? We're going to start with too much sugar. That's a really big one. Um, a lot of the times people will find, especially if you're someone who has ever gone through periods where you've eaten more sugar or times where you've had not as much sugar as you're used to having, people can feel um, when the sugar is really high, like you can feel kind of more anxious. You can feel like a, a rush or a surge of energy. And then when sugar depletes from our system or when our blood sugar drops, which is what happens after we've been eating lots of sugar, um, the system goes into kind of panic mode because suddenly your fuel source has been dropped below where it's supposed to be. And that can cause headaches, that can cause confusion, that can cause um, irritability for sure. And so sugar is a really big one. And we don't often think about it as being connected to brain health, but ultimately like the gut and the brain are very closely connected. So if you've got a lot of sugar coming into your system, it's going to impact a lot of things mm -hmm. in terms of your health, but definitely your brain is going to be a really big one here. So if you deal with, if you deal with migraines or if you deal with headaches, um, consuming a lot of sugar can be a trigger and can be problematic here as well. Right. Yeah. And that can cause inflammation. It can mm -hmm. suppress your immune system yep. That's on top of affecting your brain health. There's yeah. so much to it <clears throat> for me. And the next one, fast food. <laughs> for, well, fast food. I mean, the problem with fast processed food, food or processed foods as well is there is going to be sugar in there. And a lot of the times they hide it in ways that we don't even recognize necessarily. But there's also, again, Amanda mentioned inflammation when it comes to sugar and in fast foods, there's going to be a lot of things that are also going to cause inflammation in the body. And, and when there's inflammation in your gut, there's going to be inflammation in your brain as well. So this is going to impact your brain health. This is going to be a trigger for a lot of people for headaches. Again, um, the inflammatory oils and the artificial uh, preservatives and flavors and colors and MSG. So in these foods, it's just, it's not going to benefit, benefit our gut, which ultimately is going to have a really big impact on brain health too. The body as a whole, like we need to stop thinking about things. I know a lot of people are, are already on this kind of way of, of looking at things, but a lot of the times, you know, you can go to your doctor and the doctor focuses on one things so you come in with a headache and it's like oh let's just focus on your head but we need to figure out like what's contributing to that what's causing that and fast food and processed foods can be a really big one here because if your gut health is not doing well other parts of the body are not going to be doing well also 
right? Mm -hmm. And to the fast food as well as sugar aspect, that's going to impact your blood sugar and blood pressure. And because there's a sugar component and you're not getting the nutrition you need, there's going to be a lack there as well. Yeah, for sure. And when you're not getting the nutrition that you need, if you're missing the vitamins or the minerals or the essential fatty acids that are good for your brain, which I know you'll talk about more later as well, but if your gut is imbalanced and you're not able to absorb the foods properly and you're not getting them from the foods that you're eating, yeah, that's going to impact all kinds of things. And and the brain is really important. We need to make sure that we're giving our body and our brain the nutrients that it needs to be healthy and function properly. And if it's not quality food, you're not getting the nutrients that you want from it. It's going to cause you to be hungry again. Yeah. Because your body's looking for certain nutrition, certain vitamins, minerals, and if you're consuming fast food, processed food, it's not, not fitting the bill, if you will, or whatever the phrase is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the processed foods, is, as especially, you think about like, they're already, in a sense, kind of pre-broken down for you. So the body doesn't have to do as much work to, to break them down and to get them into our system, into our bloodstream. When we talk about the sugar and changing your blood sugar, if you eat an apple, the body has to go through the process that it's supposed to of breaking down the apple and moving that into your system versus if you eat a cookie or something that's processed, it's much easier for the body to absorb that. And then, yeah, because it digests so quickly, it's, you are hungrier because it's not as satisfying and satiating as, as real whole foods, right? Absolutely. The next one here is increase in environmental toxins. Like we're surrounded by all these, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, anything that gets into your brain is going to impact it. I mean, anything that gets into your gut uh, or any of your organs in your body are going to be impacted by that. And chemicals and environmental toxins are a really big part of that. Um, they're everywhere. Like you said, you know, you could, you could look around every room I'm sitting in my office right now and I could look around. There's not a lot of stuff in here, but I bet you, I could pick out 10 things that there's chemicals. I have candles behind me for sure Mm -hmm. that I typically don't buy scented candles anymore, but they're still here because I have had them for a long time, but that's a really big one. So chemicals that come from anything that's giving off a fragrance, that's going to end up in your body because you're going to breathe it in or things that you touch, things that you put on your skin, um, things that you use to wash your hair, to clean your face, makeup, skin cares, all of these things, our body's going to absorb them. And just because it's like some cream that you put on your arm, it ends up in your system and it circulates. So ultimately those chemicals are going to end up in your brain as well. Uh, On top of that, any sort of carpet, they have chemical treatment on them, uh, your furniture, Sometimes clothing, if you are in a certain trade or like a firefighter, they have flame resistant chemicals that they use uh, to help in a way protect those, uh, those workers. Uh, But yeah, they, they get into the skin. The skin is the largest organ and things absorb. And when it absorbs in, it can get into the the brain. So another thing to be aware of. Uh, The next one I got is uh, not enough healthy fats. So touched on this kind of briefly already, but yeah, healthy fats, like our brain, a a large percentage of our, a really large percentage of our brain is made up of fats. 
So if we're not eating enough healthy fats or we're eating the harmful fats instead, it's not going to be able to rebuild and to be able to repair the way that it's supposed to be because you need those healthy fats to be able to do that. And, you know, we've talked before about how like in the 80s, especially in the 90s, I guess, uh, the 2000s and still a thing today where fat is feared by so many people because the whole like I remember being a teenager being a 20 year old and the whole belief that like if I eat fat I'm gonna get fat and it, that it couldn't be further from the truth if you eat more processed foods and and fast foods that's a little different but if you're eating good quality healthy fats your body needs that like your brain needs that to be able to like I said to repair and to rebuild our bodies are constantly in a state of rebuilding and if it doesn't have the tools or the resources that it needs it's not going to be able to do that properly or in a healthy way so yeah the healthy fats um I'm gonna forget some here so you can butter ghee are really good options avocado what else Amanda uh <laughs> yes coconut oil is a good one yeah uh tallow any of your fish oils are good i think olive i mentioned oil. olive oil yeah um i think that's kind of the gist but anything animal based you're pretty much golden in that area i think we recovered butter because i missed that at another point i started with butter comes <laughs> on to you <laughs> <laughs> good and generally i think all of these except for avocado and olive oil are all saturated fats so there's they're solid at room temperature mm-hmm. and they're very stable they resist oxidization and they tolerate higher temperatures so that's good to keep in mind depending on what you're cooking and what temperature you're cooking at yeah uh, lack of minerals what can you tell us about that lack of minerals is is a factor for pretty much every area of our body because again that's something that's going to be important for our bodies being able to rebuild and like why are we having lack of minerals that's kind of an important thing to talk about too especially when we're talking about brain health is that a big cause of the body depleting or losing the minerals that we have is going to be stress and for the last three years it's 2023 right now we've gone through an incredible last three years, especially 2020, in terms of the stress and in terms of just the change in what we're all used to. And when you're depleting, or sorry, when you're dealing with a lot of stress, the body is going to use up minerals and B vitamins. And so if there's low levels of minerals, the system is not gonna be able to function properly. It's important for the regulation of fluid in our system. It's important for a lot of the balancing and the hormone signaling in our process or process in our body. And so if you're low in minerals, things aren't going to function properly. So minerals are very important for all areas of our body. Um, When it comes to rebuild, it's more of a bone um, and teeth kind of thing. But for the brain, yeah, for signaling and for, you know, sending of um, messages um they're going to be really important for that as well so yeah minerals is a big one so you know if you're not if you're dealing with a lot of stress especially but in general we need to make sure we're getting enough minerals and you can do this by you know using salt regularly um good salt i'm not talking table salt uh himalayan salt is a good one sea salt are all going to be good ones you want to make sure that they're not contaminated uh, and these are better sources and just better quality salts um, than like a table salt 
Um, and yeah, we get a lot of minerals from the foods that we eat and stuff too, but you just want to make sure that you're getting enough, especially if it's really hot and you're exercising a lot and you're sweating like crazy. We want to make sure that you're getting it's electrolytes basically. Right. So it's important for hydration and for things to function properly in the body. This actually ties back into the consumption of sugar as well, because minerals are required in the breakdown and digestion of that. So when they have taken natural sugars and basically stripped them of their minerals, uh, the, we now require to take those minerals from our body to break it down. So this is why if you're going to consume anything sugar, a natural form is better versus this processed stuff. All right. So we have lack of sunlight and vitamin D. Lack of sunlight. The thing that comes to mind of the lack of sunlight for me is it's more the mental health side of things. Is that what you were looking at here? It's just going out in nature and being out in sunshine. I mean, there's a shift that's been shown. I don't have the study in front of me, but it's been proven that people just feel better when they're able to get out. They're able to ground themselves. They're able to spend some time breathing the fresh air outside and feel the the skin on their sun, feel the sun on their skin. (laughs) Um, The sunlight is gonna help our bodies. Yes, with our vitamin D, which is important as well. Um, But just overall, it it feels better. Like we, I just spent last week in Florida and it's the most amazing feeling to just be out in the sunshine and feel that on your skin. Also good for your immune system as well to get that sunlight and be outside and, be with nature, however that is, by the water, but in a hiking trail or whatever, just kind of connect with that energy of the earth and that can help reduce your stress as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another tree. That's, what's that? Hug a tree. Just do Hug it. Hug a tree. Even touch a tree because in that in itself is another way to ground yourself because their roots go deep. So th- they say hug a tree and it sounds silly, but I think there's a lot of uh, truth to that as far as how you can feel. Totally. Yeah. So this is another, they're all like big topics, but we're surrounded by technology these days and prolonged exposure to EMFs and radiation. Yeah. Radiation is a big one. I definitely have personal experience with this one. Um, I'm in front of devices all of the time. Like after 2020, I was in school for nutrition when it's, when COVID started and when we first went into lockdown and we were sent home and my the rest of my school time was spent in front of a computer and then from there it's it was lockdown for a really long time in ontario so working online became my life and for a lot of people it was exactly the same kids were doing school online people were working from home a lot more and a lot of people are still working from home a lot uh, myself included and that involves a lot of devices a lot of the times And so there's radiation coming from your laptop, your cell phone, uh, some of the lights in your house, your router, your modem. Uh, I live in a townhouse. And if I look on my phone and see the the Wi-Fi networks that I can connect into, there's like more than 10 at one time. So radiation is coming at us from so many different angles uh, that that can be a really big impact on brain health, especially my phone's turned on, so I'm not going to do it, especially if you hold your phone up to your ear. If you're someone who talks on your phone all of the time, this is, you're radiating your brain, basically, when you're doing this, not basically, you are when you're doing this. So like the recommendation there of things that you can do 
if oh airpods there's another one if you use the wireless earphones when you're on your phone or the vr masks vr but virtual reality um, headsets, visors yeah that the kids wear when they playing video or playing video games if you put anything that radiates next to your head you're radiating your brain and so for the vr headsets i've got nothing i don't know what to recommend for you there if, limit if, your exposure and time yeah, playing it exactly if your kids are using it there is actually in the box i think uh, like you're not supposed to exceed a certain amount of time um i, I don't have kids so I, but i'm sure that it's beyond that what a lot of the, a lot of the children are using them for and you know we've heard stories of kids that have come in with um like eye twitching and weird movements and headaches and stuff and they linked it back to the fact that they were spending five or more hours a day on their virtual reality headsets and playing video games and so it's harmful to your system like it may seem like just a little bit of time or it's really no big deal but even holding your phone up to your head i've seen pictures actually i think amanda sent me the picture of like the radiation that goes through your head when you're on your phone and it's when the phone is first turned on and as the phone is trying to connect to all the different towers, especially if you're driving. So in terms of the brain and radiation, the thing you want to do with your phone, speaker phone, I used to think it was the most annoying thing in the world because my dad would always call on speakerphone and I was like, you're on speakerphone, aren't you? Because it sounds a bit different. But ultimately, like, keep it away from your body. Basically, we're talking about brain health right now, but I also like to talk about radiation. So like, don't put this in your this your phone in your pockets, don't put it in your sports bra, don't hold it up to your head, because we don't want to be radiating any parts of our tissues or our bodies at any time. And so like I said, speakerphone is better. If you're going to wear a headset or earphones, Get the plug-in, the old school plug-in ones. Who cares if you get made fun of? You're saving your brain from being radiated. And ultimately, like, you only have one. So it's a really, a really important thing to focus on because we're at a time where technology and devices are becoming more and more and more prevalent all the time. Yeah, it's not going away. It's just a matter mm -hmm. of working with it to, in the yeah. best way possible. Exactly. Uh, there was a, a video we watched on YouTube about that a while ago, and it had some great information that actually went even deeper than, than what we're discussing here. And I'll have to see if I can find it, and maybe we can put it in the show notes for people to watch, because it's really, really interesting to see all this. Uh, I can't remember who what her name was that went through it all. But I'll have a look for that. It was great, especially when they talk about kids. Yes. A hmm. child, the video of a child holding its a phone up to its head to answer the phone, the radiation goes through the entire head. That oh, was yes. shocking to see. Because their standards were set for the a male who had like the biggest head possible as far as the exposure level and what was acceptable. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I don't know what the percentage is as far as people with uh, their size of head, but the general average person was nowhere near that. So in average, the mo most people are getting more than they should be. And then you think of a, a small baby on top of that and they're growing and taking on all this EMF and radiation and how that's impacting them as well. They, I mean, what they have the baby monitors now, everything's uh, wireless as well. Yeah. Um, you've got smart devices and 
and everything surrounding us. So it's, it's so important to be aware of and find alternatives as best as you can. Cause I know some things are being phased out too. So uh, this is where uh, having things like Chungite is great to have nearby to absorb the radiation and energies. Shungite's good. I know there's other things out there that you can get. Uh, Protect Pro is one where you can get a card. There's a, it starts with a card just for your, your cell phone. They have bigger devices, I guess, mm-hmm. as well. Um, and there are other, uh, I can't remember what the other one was we looked at. You, know, you get a bag of a certain kind of, uh, not Shungite, but crystal or something that was supposed to be helpful. We'll have to look at that as well. Yeah. Um, but definitely, yeah, do s- some searches and uh, check out reviews and stuff like that as far as getting uh, those resources handled and protecting yourself and your family. Yeah. I mean, like Amanda said, it's not going away. This is a part of our world. This is a part of our lives. I'm not saying like, don't use your phone or stay off your computer as I'm on my computer with you right now. It's just find ways to protect yourself yourself because ultimately we don't realize it and it's, it's accumulative and it's accumulating and building up in your system, in your organs, in your body, in your brain. And we just want to do the best we can to to protect ourselves and to support our bodies so that it doesn't become a problem. Right? Yeah. And in reality, it's still a newish technology, mm-hmm. which has only been around since, at least for us, as far as having my own cell phone, it's been just over 20 years now. So as far as the length of having a technology around and knowing what the outcome of and the hazards of that are, it's still relatively new. Yeah, it's true. Okay, the next item is physical trauma and injuries. So for me that I think of car accidents and concussions as far as issues with brain health. I've had lots of concussions. (laughs) You are good to speak on this then. I have a lot of experience with that. I mean, many were when I was younger, but it's, it's, you know, I was an active child and a, a lot of the times things can happen. And it's just, again, it's, um, protecting yourself. Like I was also a, the teenager that used to snowboard and I was like, I'm too cool to wear a helmet for a long time until I knocked myself out in the half pipe one time out with a friend. And from then on forward, I wear a helmet every time I snowboard. And it's just understanding that again, this is, you only get one head and if you damage it, like we can help you and support you if there's traumatic brain injury they can happen it's not saying like don't do anything fun but it's just again like protect be careful do things to protect yourself and if things do happen it's like okay so well now what do i do now and the solution you know i went to my doctor and the solution was medication and they were also like well you have a traumatic brain injury there's not really all that much we can do and realizing that there are there's always something that you can do from a natural perspective there's herbs and there's um, different supplements that we can do to help your body to to repair and to rebuild and there will be lots of fish oils if there's something like that going on i can tell you that because you know like we said healthy fats are really important for a situation like that but head injuries are something that you know, can happen to people. I know you have um, a story, Amanda, about uh, a friend you used to play soccer with as well, right? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> some people, and not even just this one friend, there's a few that I've played with over the years that 
they just seem to be prone to getting hit in the head by the ball. And that's not them trying to head the ball intentionally. It's just the ball is <laughs> somehow like a magnet just right at their head. So um, I, one specifically had to stop playing because of so many concussions and just causing issues. So it's something to really consider as far as your overall uh, wellness and how you go about day to day. How is it affecting you if you are continuing to have these concussions occur? Mm-hmm. And as I know, someone else we mutually know as well had a an accident where they got hit in the head and it's it just so severe. They couldn't look at any screens, couldn't read anything, had to basically be in the dark for, I don't know how long it was. It was an extended amount of time. And like, I can't even imagine. It's basically like being in solitary by yourself and you don't have any sort of vision. You're just, I can't even imagine. Yeah. So this is another reason why it's so important to protect your head, protect your brain, eat the right things, eat the good fats to support yourself, support your brain health. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it is a long time from what I've heard. I mean, I had concussions when I was younger. I fractured my skull when I was four years old and I had to, that's a different story. Um, <laughs> it's an embarrassing story. I had to wear a helmet to school and I was, I hated it. I felt like such a dork. And, but ultimately like that was what they knew what to do back then. They didn't tell you, we didn't have devices, but they didn't say like, you can't read, you can't watch TV. And so like, it's a long time. Yes. You would feel like you're in solitary, solitary confinement and it would be boring, but it's, we need to respect those things and realize again, like this is your brain. You want this to work properly again. So if it means taking some time and doing the the rehab or giving your body the support that it needs it's really important as boring as it is you want it to be there for you when it's all over right when the the injury has healed and you want it to heal so yeah yeah i understand i know the common practice used to be i think i'm pretty sure it's changed where someone had a concussion and then the the protocol would be they have to be woken up every few hours which i guess now we've learned is counterintuitive because the brain needs rest because mm-hmm. of the injury instead. So that's just interesting to see where we come as we learn what the body really needs. Yeah. Um, so symptoms that kind of go along with poor brain health. I think we've probably touched on some of these already. Uh, headaches, depression, seizures, stress, uh, migraines, brain fog, memory issues, fatigue, could be confusion as well. Those are just a few of them. Anxiety. Anxiety. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And the causes that could affect the brain and could be perhaps causing those symptoms as well. There's a whole bunch of them. Uh, Let's start with the the one we, it's a favorite for us that we like to talk about, parasites. (laughs) I knew that's where you were going. Parasites (laughs) are one of our favorite things to talk about, mainly because they're, well, not mainly because they're gross, but because they are gross, they are gross, but no one talks about them. And that's what we want to provide you with on this podcast, as well as is talking about the things that aren't commonly talked about, because just because it's not in mainstream, you know, um, media, and it's not a common thing, it's still something that we all need to know about. And a lot of people don't recognize that parasites are actually as common as they are even in North America. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just a like a um, a third world country and in other parts of the world, like that sucks for them. 
if I go to Mexico and I come home with, you know, um, an upset stomach or whatever, okay, so maybe I picked up a parasite there, but like, it's a really big problem in North America and people need to understand that because there's a lot of things that can happen to you if there's parasites in your system, especially if you're, if you're oblivious to it and not, you know, not taking care of them. But why are we talking about parasites with the brain? Um, parasites can be a problem in your brain as well. So you looked up, there was something that was common in the brain, right? Uh, the, the one tied to cats. We have often, if you have someone who's pregnant, they're told to stay away from cat. Well, not stay away from cats, but stay away from the litter box and not changing the litter box. And that's because of uh, toxoplasmosis is the name for it. And that's where by cleaning up the litter box, you're kicking up the dust and having the parasites come up in the air and you could inhale that in. And that is something that will uh, affect and can cause brain lesions. So that's pretty, so it's not just the pregnant ladies that need to be concerned about this. It's kind of all of us really. Yeah. I mean, if you see something like that too, and it's like, oh, well, you know, women that are pregnant shouldn't be doing this because it could cause brain lesions in the babies and stuff. And it's like, shouldn't we all be not doing this or being more careful because mm -hmm. I don't want brain lesions. Like who does? But anyways, it's interesting. And then I looked up something else that said like more than 30 million Americans are infected with brain parasites um, spread by, yes, by the, uh, by cats, but also by eating contaminated meat, which is a really interesting one to think about. Um, we've talked in our parasite videos and stuff too, about how, uh, when it comes to meat, like red meat or sushi are really kind of big players here. And when you buy meat, your best thing to do when you get it home is to freeze it because that can be helpful in reducing the parasites because some of them are, are heat resistant. So they won't be killed by barbecuing it, especially if you don't eat it well done times four, right? Like if you like your steak um, rare or medium rare or rarer than rare, then it's gonna be a higher um, likelihood that there could be parasites coming to you from that. And when it comes to like symptoms associated with parasites in the brain, so again, seizures and headaches are the most common symptoms here. Um, confusion, lack of attention to people and your surroundings is an interesting one. Uh, difficulty with balance, excessive fluid around the brain um, also can occur with this. And this is from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention website. So this is not, you know, made up. I didn't make this this information up. Like the center, the CDC understands that parasites can be a problem, um, yet no one really talks about it. So yeah, just interesting. Yeah, there's another one, uh, another bit of information here as far as how how long do brain parasites live? And there's one here about uh, uh, the tapeworm that can live in humans for up to 20 years. 20 years. Uh, there was a man in China who experienced seizures and other mysterious symptoms for years before the doctors finally found the cause. And it was a rare parasite that was living in his brain. Like, I know it's gross, but it's just, it's fascinating and gross all at the same time. But it's just amazing amazing how long they can live and the issues they can cause and we're not talking about it yeah absolutely so that's parasites as far as today goes uh next one we have uh 
bacterial and viral infections? I mean, any infection, I mean, parasitic is considered an infection as well, but any infection that ends up in the brain can be problematic for you, right? Because it takes hold and it can make the body not function properly. Um, what was the other one you said? Bacterial as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't want bacteria overgrowing or causing problems in any part of our body. Definitely. I think of the gut first when I think of bacteria and fungal, but it can end up in your brain as well, which is going to cause lots of issues there too. So this is something that, you know, we want to be careful about too. Ultimately with bacteria and viruses, they're in our body all the time anyway. So it's more about having the balance in our body of good and bad. So the, everything can operate as it needs to. It's only an issue when things get out of balance and there's something going on in our body that's not supposed to be there, or maybe we're missing something, and then that's what leads to problems. So don't be scared of viruses and bacteria because there are good ones out there that we require. It's just a matter of maintaining the balance. Yeah. Um, I know a big one for the the fungal stuff, like fungal meningitis can spread from somewhere else in the body and end up in the brain and spinal cord as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just... Like Amanda said, it's something that it it does exist in our body all of the time. Like things like candida exists in our gut all of the time. It's just a problem when it becomes out of control or overgrown as well. Exactly. Um, Radiation is another one. We kind of dove into that pretty deeply already, I think. All right. So next we have molds and I kind of have a bit of a personal uh, story for that. Last week we were in Florida and different environments and i was getting some headaches and that ended up being tied to mold mold can cause headaches and and issues like that so that was it was not pleasant by any stretch so just something to be aware of if you're having headaches maybe that could be the cause as well yeah yeah we definitely had a moldy apartment room possibly the rental car as well um but anyways mold can cause inflammation like the mold spores they can act as irritants which causes the body to to kind of fight back. It's trying to protect you, but this can lead to inflammation throughout the body and in the brain as well. And when there's inflammation in the brain, that can cause cognitive impairment. Um, and in a, in a case where it's chronic, if you're living in mold all the time and the inflammation is there all of the time, this can lead to long lasting cognitive impairment as well. So if you're finding that you're having headaches, that you're having a hard time figuring out why, or they're not going away, The thing that we hear all the time is like, oh, it's just my regular headache. And like anything else, like you need to dig deeper because anytime there's a symptom, a headache is a symptom. Anytime there's a symptom, it's a sign from the body that something is not working properly, something's wrong. And if your headache is tied to mold, there are other things going on in your body as well. And so the longer that you ignore these things, like if it's the cognitive impairment, if it's the headaches, if it's the... Um, the brain fog, if it's the um, anxiety, the depression, these are all signs that your body needs some help. So yeah, that's a really, I know we're talking about mold, but it's just, it's something that you don't really want to ignore, right? Absolutely. Uh, The next one that could be a cause could be food. I mean, we talked about sugar already and we talked about fast foods. So ultimately, like these are going to be things that are going to cause Um, they can cause swelling in the brain too, like especially the inflammatory oils. Your brain is looking for healthy fats 
to be able to repair and rebuild. And if all you're giving it is inflammatory fats, it's not going to be able to function properly. And so, you know, these can cause headaches. Sugar can cause headaches. Caffeine can cause headaches. There's lots of different things that we consume that ultimately isn't helping our body function the way that it should be. This can tie into a gluten issue as well, because I know know that was an issue for my body and I had a period where I wasn't eating it because I know we we tried carnivore for a long year and a half or so. And then reintroducing it, my body's like, whoa, what is this? And that's when I would kind of get that hazy headache in in the front of my head and that's I find when you start removing things and then put, putting them back in, that's when you really find out how it's affecting your body. And when things start coming up, when you start noticing symptoms, it's like, oh, okay, my body does not like this. This yeah. is another good thing to look at. If you do have constant headaches or migraines, you can take a, do a food journal as well to see, find out what your triggers are. And that's something to, you can do to kind of avoid those items. Absolutely. I used to be really triggered by gluten as well, which Amanda will remember very well. Um, I used to, I thought I was celiac for a long time and I just didn't want to go get tested for celiac because the way they do that is they make you consume gluten for like two days. And I knew that I don't, didn't respond well to that, but we would go out somewhere and I would get like glutened. Um, And it wasn't even that I was eating something intentionally with gluten in it, but there would be cross-contamination And I would get like, I would talk like I was drunk and I would slur my speech and I would like just be passing out on the table kind of thing. And it's a rare, a lot of the times when people have gluten problems, it'll, it'll give them an upset stomach or um, gastrointestinal upsets. But for some people it can actually impact the brain as well, which was interesting to see. Um, We also were talking with um, a client a while ago about how their child they've recognized that their child doesn't sleep well at night some nights and with the food journal that amanda was mentioning if you have a child that's um, having outbreaks like um, like temper tantrums or is having rough nights of sleep or having bad dreams or getting headaches it's good to keep a food journal because you know they were able to make the correlation that when she has sugar in the evenings or sugar kind of in the second half of the day sleep is worse and so you know food has a really big impact on us there and it can impact your sleep and ultimately like why is it doing that it can be a gut health thing but it can be a brain thing as well right all right next one that can affect our brain health and be the cause there's kind of a cluster here uh chemicals metals and toxins Okay, so chemicals and metals and toxins, the things that come to mind here, there's two that stand out for me. So heavy metals, yes, are going to be problematic. And these we come in contact with these in a lot of areas that a lot of people don't recognize as well. I know we used to use aluminum foil when we would cook foods. um, And we thought it was great because it was like, oh, you know, we're roasting our vegetables, we're putting a little bit of oil on them. Like this is a really healthy way to cook things. We're not deep frying, but we're cooking it on aluminum foil. And then ultimately when there's leftovers, we'd wrap it up in the aluminum foil and put it in the fridge. And this was, the the aluminum was getting into our foods and then we were consuming it. So aluminum is a really big one that can have an impact on a lot of things in our body and on our thyroid is a a big factor and other things too. 
Um, another area we come in contact with aluminum is antiperspirant, which I didn't realize, you know, 10 years ago, I had no idea. And this is one that, yeah, you're rubbing it on your skin. So ultimately you're absorbing it as well. Um, other heavy metals that are really big contributors here, uh, if you have mercury amalgams in your teeth, every time you brush your teeth, they off they off gas essentially, or they release gas into your mouth and into the air, and then you're breathing it in. And that can end up in your brain as well. Um, so the heavy metals are a big player here. Do you have anything else on heavy metals? No, you, the mercury was something I was going to mention because that's something I have had in the past. I have since had them removed. Ideally, if you do have this and you're going to remove them, holistic dentist is the preferred way to go. I didn't go that route myself at the time, uh, but just something to keep in mind. Yeah. And I mean, it's when you know better, you do better, right? As the yes. saying is, right? And there's shows choices that I've made in the past too, where it's like, I just, I just didn't know. So that's why we want to share these things with you because the more you understand and the more aware you are, the better, more prepared you're going to be to make different choices. Um, another thing for mercury is going to be fish, the big fish. So the salmon, the tuna, tuna, actually you do, you do have a story, Amanda, about tuna mm -hmm. in the past, right. because a lot of the times tuna is like the go-to when it comes to looking for something, um, that's like a low fat option if the goal is weight loss or whatever it's an easy food to eat that's really low fat gives you lots of protein but it's high in heavy metals a lot of the times and mercury poisoning can happen in a pretty short amount of time if you're consuming even more than one can of tuna a week that could be a problem for you yeah it's so, crazy because yeah. i was having blood work done more often because uh uh, what the heck was his title? Functional mm. medicine. Thank you. Functional medicine doctor. And so it was, I think it might've been a three month period from start. I was consuming, I don't know, at least maybe a few tins of, uh, uh tuna a week. And next thing is I'm being alerted to my mercury numbers <laughs> in, in my blood work. So when that happened, I stopped consuming it and then the numbers went down. So it's, it's amazing how quickly that can go into your system and, and come up as an issue. So if you're not aware of that, because you're not maybe having your blood work done and having that done specifically, because that's a specific test that will be done. Yeah, uh, this is something to keep in mind too. Uh, try not to consume large amounts of this, this fish often because that's going to cause problems. As yeah, well. exactly. And then you said also toxins. So the other toxin that I wanted to talk about, because we've already talked about some of the chemical side of yeah. things, but pesticides is a really big one that we often don't consider. And, you know, they're going to be on everything that you eat in terms of fruits and vegetables, even if you're eating organic, but the benefit of organic is you're going to have less chemicals. Um, and, and we're consuming these things. They're designed to, to kill weeds. So we're spraying this on the crops and we're spraying this everywhere to to dry them out as part of it because they'll spray the crops with chemicals or with the the roundup or the um, weed killer before harvest to dry them out and then and then we're eating them and you can't wash this off you can't just like rinse your vegetables and all of the chemicals come off kind of thing so that's another one that's got a really big impact on brain health um, and on our health in general, but, you know, organic is still going to be the best option here. Yes, there's still going to be chemicals on there, but there's going to be less chemicals than what you'll get with traditional um, 
grocery store produce. Perfect. I think you were going to mention glyphosate specifically because that's um, what you're basically referring to right now. Yeah. And glyphosate in itself is uh, antibiotic, which you're essentially microdosing yourself on by consuming anything. Uh, I guess wheat would be one. I'm sure rice and all the other cereal. Cereal. Thank you. Yes. Cereal is a big one because mm-hmm. who was that usually targeted towards? Children. Children. Yeah. All the colorful and rainbows and whatever cartoon they have on the box. Uh, so it's this is something else to be aware of. Uh, glyphosate is is like so prevalent now. It's everywhere. There's a I know there's a map of it some in the States, uh, basically from I think it's like the early 90s up until maybe it was 2018, 2019. And just the the use of it now versus when it's when that map started it was just crazy it was like maybe yellow and now everything is red as far as the use so this is something that's affecting our gut it gets into our joints and affects how we feel that way and basically kills your gut because it's an antibiotic so it's just gonna kill everything and what does an antibiotic mean anti-life there you go so keep that in mind when you make your purchases of food out there. Uh, actually, on that note with the glyphosate thing, if you are consuming items that have gluten, if you've ever been to Europe, have you experienced a difference in consuming wheat or anything like that pastries? It's because over there, the standards are way different. So it's not actually the gluten that's the problem. It's the glyphosate. Yeah. So just another little tidbit. I thought you were some asking me if I've been to Europe. No, not yet. Jeez. <laughs> on the list. Don't worry. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. So that's kind of the gist of the causes that are the main ones anyway. So we'll just do a quick rundown of the tips for brain health to improve brain. brain. My goodness. Going to do a quick rundown of the tips to improve brain health. So food we already talked about, ideally whole foods, one one word type of food, beef or carrot or something like that. Do that as best as you can. Organic if possible, uh, when possible, grass-fed, all the good stuff like that. Get your good fats in. Animal fats, because that's where we get a lot of our, the best nutrients, minerals, and vitamins are from animal-based proteins. Um, good fats, again, our brain is about 60% fat. So it's very important to consume enough healthy fats so you can function properly. So the systems in your body can function properly as well. And uh, what else have we got here? Minerals, you wanna talk about that again quickly? Yeah, just make sure you're getting minerals. I mean, when it comes, did we talk about hydration? Um, we're, get, we're getting there. Okay. When it comes to minerals, yeah, you want to make sure, especially if you're if it's a time of year where you're sweating a lot and you're losing a lot of minerals, or if you're going through periods of stress, um, which a lot of the times we may not cognitively realize that we're going through stress, but any stress on your body, the body recognizes it as stress. So exercising, if you're exercising like crazy, if you're dieting, that's a stress on the body. If there's any kind of emotional stress or physical stress, um, these are all times when your body's going to deplete minerals. So 
you know, making sure that you are getting some minerals. You could take a mineral supplement. We use a product called Cellcore and they have CT minerals, which is something we both take every day. Um, You can also use salt, as I said, like pink salt, pink Himalayan salt or sea salt um, are ones that are good. And just sprinkle a little bit on your food can be helpful. Um, A lot of the times if you find you have a headache too, like I've seen Amanda for sure, but I've seen other people too, where they'll like literally put a little bit of salt on the end of their finger and lick it off. And that can be helpful for, for getting rid of the headache because it may just be a mineral thing that your body's looking for. Yeah. I actually keep salt in my soccer bag and I've actually offered it to a couple, uh, uh, teammates before when they were having headaches, I'm like, here, just have some of this and that should help. And it actually made a difference for them. So it's just something so simple and it's so easy to do. Just keep it on your hand, on hand and, uh, make use of these easy resources that we have. Uh, so the next one, sleep, sleep. We want to make sure we're getting seven, eight hours so your brain and body can rest and recover. It's uh, very crucial to all of your functions to make sure you're getting the proper sleep, quality sleep at that. Uh, set yourself up for a good sleep. Make sure the environment you're in is quiet and dark. Uh, you're not getting disturbed as much as possible. I know life happens sometimes, but uh, yeah, make sure it's quiet. And I see you smiling over there. I'm thinking of the hotel. <laughs> What specifically did you want to share? We were in a hotel last week and the air conditioner had this like really horrible whining noise every time it would turn off. It would, it sounded like there were people talking or complaining. I'm not really sure, but it was pretty whiny when it was slowing down. That's for sure. So that, yeah, (laughs) random share. Um, uh, So Beyond the sleep, you want to make sure you're reducing your sugar, processed foods, and carbs. Stay hydrated. You just mentioned that if you want to touch on that. Yeah, stay hydrated. Like hydration is so important for all parts of our health, for the body being able to detox properly, um, and just for everything to to move around in our system as it's supposed to. And ultimately, when we're drinking water, we want to choose a good quality water too, Um, kind of distilled is is sort of the top of our list because what i found interesting learning more about the distillation process is that it actually they remove the water from the sediment so it's like nature where you know the planet it'll evaporate up into the clouds and then it'll basically rain down somewhere else if you think about it that way versus something like a reverse osmosis which is the next best option if you're looking for options but they're trying to essentially like force the water um through a filtration process and this is it's still the best second best option available but there will be a bit of sediment remaining in this process ultimately like even as long as you get some level of filtration on your water it's going to be a better option than tap water always there's a lot of heavy metals there's a lot of chemicals there's a lot of um, antibiotics and like mm-hmm. your, uh, the expression I heard a while ago was like your, your grandma's medicine cabinet is in your tap water because that doesn't get filtered out completely. So if you're drinking tap water, you could be getting some birth control pill on a regular basis or, you know, any other kind of medication that ends up because we pee it out and it ends up in our water system. So yeah, ultimately you want to make sure that you're drinking a lot of water, like two to three liters of water a day. 
um, kind of on average, if you're sweating a lot, if it's really hot, uh, you may need more than that, but we want to make sure that we're hydrated at all times and the best quality water possible is my recommendation. Perfect. Uh, the next one I have for brain health is find ways to be mentally active. I know that can be an issue if we're bored or there's nothing going on. Um, problem solving, working on something to problem solve, like puzzles could be like the games, puzzles, mahjong, Sudoku. You could search uh, mind games or brain games, something to just be active, or maybe find something, a new hobby to enjoy, or maybe one that you stopped doing and would like to do again, just get something in there so you can uh, get your, your brain working and uh, keep it active. Because if we don't use it, usually this expression is that we lose it, right? Got to keep that muscle going. So I think that's a, a crucial one. And being socially active. Um, connecting with people can do a whole lot to improve your mood and how you feel and being able to laugh with people that could change your whole day. Just having one good laugh over some simple joke or something silly you've said, um, random acts of kindness. I think this is a good one. Uh, even as simple as just like smiling at someone you see when you're out and about stuff like that, just whatever can kind of Maybe you're going to brighten someone else's day and it actually in turn does the same for yourself. Uh, and it, I mean, if you want to as well, you can pursue volunteering and helping people out that way. Just anywhere you, where you can have a, a strong connection can really make a difference to how you feel overall. And having some sort of purpose for yourself day to day, I think is pretty crucial. Um, that was supposed to be the last one, but I think I skipped one. Um, exercise and movement. Did I say that one already? I don't think so. No. Okay. Exercise is a really good one. Yeah. I mean, from the, the mental stimulation side of it, I know Amanda likes to play soccer. Um, I like to play hockey, ball hockey as well. And just like, it, it makes you think, right? Like versus going for a run. Sure. You're thinking like a little bit while you're doing that as well. But when you're playing a sport and you're trying to, you know, complete a task. And I heard you mention Amanda earlier on, um, Amanda went live earlier today and she was talking about some stuff as well and just saying you have a purpose when you're playing a sport, right? You're not just running in a straight line. There's a task that you're trying to accomplish and you're doing it with a team. And so you hit kind of a couple things there if you're able to do a team sport, but ultimately just move your body. Moving your body more is going to get your blood flowing. It's going to get your heart rate up a little bit and it's going to, you know, just give your body so much benefit. And from a mental health perspective versus just sitting on the couch, getting out, going up, going for a walk, especially if you can do it outside, get some sunshine on your skin, you know, you're kind of getting the benefit of both worlds there as well. So it can be by yourself. It can be with your pet. It can be with your family. Um, it could be with can friends. be by yourself yeah, as well. If you need to have some alone time and refill your own cup, that's okay too. It's okay to yeah. do that. Exactly. There's so many options. And something that I've noticed too, when you're going out and doing like just going for a walk by yourself is that creative juices start flowing in your brain because there's, it's like trance, like Amanda has a hypnosis background and like you can get into that kind of trance state where you're just like mm -hmm. all of the ideas start flowing in and stuff. So that's right. Ultimately, that's good. <laughs> good. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, a fun one. Any kind of movement, exercise, yoga, dancing, any, any of that stuff. It's great. Well, anything like that too, that can help 
with stress and reduce stress. Yeah. Whatever movement is involved, kind of double whammy, or you can probably cut a, a tick off a bunch of these things just doing like one item if you're outside and moving and doing it with someone, et cetera, et cetera. Drinking water while you're doing it, you're covering yeah. a plethora of the list here, that, and all of that will benefit your brain health and overall health. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that comes to the end of our list here. I hope you found these tips helpful and the information that we shared today of value. And if you did, please, uh, we'd really appreciate uh, a five-star review. If you are inclined, we'd really appreciate that. And thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode.